Hello and welcome to the Middle East Forum Speaker Webinar Series. I'm Stacey Roman and I will be moderating this discussion today. We're pleased to have Alejandro Macaron, telecommunication engineer and business management consultant, join us to discuss demographic suicide and mutation of the West. Mr. Macaron will speak for 10 to 15 minutes and open it up for questions. Should you wish to ask a question, please use the Q&A box located at the bottom of your screen. We'll do our best to get to all questions, but we have many participants on this webinar, so I apologize in advance if we do not get to yours today. And with that, I will turn the discussion over to Mr. Alejandro Macaron. Thank you, Stacy. Thank you to the Middle East Forum and to all participants, to all viewers. We're going to speak about demographics, especially focus on the West, but not, not only, of the two main phenomena that are happening. One is that we have too few kids for replacing our population as we age and die. And the second is the mutation in the human landscape that is happening more in some countries than others through immigration of non-Western immigrants and especially because of its cultural consequences of Islamic immigrants. We will start by trying to show a little bit what's the meaning of having too few kids. If we look at the, uh, the main uh, countries in, in the West, the most populated countries in the West, and also countries like Japan or South Korea, that are developed countries and, and close to the West uh, in many values, no? none of them uh, has uh, a number of kids per woman that is sufficient to replace the population. Only Israel, that is not uh, a big country in terms of population, and it's a unique country for many, in many aspects, has enough uh, kids uh, per woman to replace the population, and we will see what this means. No? By the way, all these numbers that you are seeing there on the screen would be lower in all red countries, in all uh, European countries especially, if you take out the effect that immigration is adding more kids per woman than uh, native people. No? The case of Israel is, is rather the uh, people from secular Jewish are having fewer kids. It's more religious people and Arabic Jewish or Israelis were having more, more kids. And you see in the, in the, in the right corner, uh, South Korea that has a dramatic, is, is the world lowest. Uh, South Korea is a country that is self-destroying more rapidly than any other through having few kids. So uh, if uh, uh, we, uh, mean, uh, we think what this means, no? uh, what having fewer kids than, than needed for replacement? No? If you have now 100 adults, young adults, you can think uh, maybe between 18 and 35 to 40 years old people in a country. No? If you have 100 in a country, in a city, anywhere in a region, if you don't have, uh, if you have 2.1 kids within 10, 30 years approximately, you will have the same number of young people. But if you're having uh, uh, fertility rates, a number of uh, children per woman, as low as we are having in the United States, that is in red in this chart, in the European Union, uh, not including the UK, uh, in Spain, in yellow, and in, my, in the region where I was born in Spain, in Asturias, that is not because I was born there, but it's the place with the lowest fertility rate in, in Europe. You will see what happens with these ranks of young people. No? You have now 100. Within 30 years, approximately, you would have in the United States 81. In Asturias, 46, and in between, you will have to see the numbers. By the way, the whites in the United States have a lower fertility than overall, so there would be some, something in between the overall United States and the European Union. 
And you see that uh, ultimately in, in 50, 80, whatever years, I mean, the, we are having fewer and fewer uh, young people. The rest of the population would also shrink uh, like that, but a few decades later, no? because this is uh, about young people. But, but you see, if you have less than half what is needed for replacement of population, like in Asturias, you lose 88% of your young people. Society, as a result, tends to shrink in population and to become a very, very aged. No? In terms of aging of a population can be measured in, in several ways. One is the median age. Median age is uh, the age that divides into equal half the population. No? And you can see there uh, how uh, different countries and the world have aged uh, through the past 60 years, no? it's 1960, in 1990, uh, 2020. No? And you can see that uh, some countries like Israel, for instance, has not aged very much. Uh, aging is caused by two things. Uh, now, one is that we have too few kids. The other is that uh, uh, life expectation, life expectancy, we live longer, no? But okay, I think we're still seeing your first slide. Excuse me? I think we're still seeing your first slide. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> too, too stupid for the... <laughs> okay, let me... Uh, why, why we are seeing the first slide. Uh, I'm sharing share slide, no? Okay. Well, let me try with compartiendo the pantalla, sharing. I don't know. I, I have the, the, other, the other slide, so I, I don't know. I, I will probably continue without, without sharing slides then, because if, if I'm too stupid for these kind of advanced ah. technologies, I, I would rather not use it. So what I was telling you is that uh, uh, Israel, for instance, has not aged very much because it has a lot of uh, kids per woman. But other countries, like, for instance, South Korea, South Korea is aging super, super fast. Something that's interesting is that uh, China is aging much, much faster than, than the United States because the uh, fall, uh, the drop in, in births has been much more sudden no? due, the, due to the one-child policy. Uh, the Chinese uh, have uh, got, come from having many kids just 40 years ago to having one, one point something in average uh, uh, 40 years later, no? It, that's a very, very sudden change, and the country is aging very, very rapidly. No? My, my own country, Spain, is one of the oldest in the world, has the oldest populations in the world, Germany, Italy, there are others like that. No? So, uh, with uh, in the United States, uh, as I, t I was telling you, was uh, uh, until recently was an exception in low fertility in the, in the West, it had nearly the, the replacement rate fertility, or it was at the replacement rate fertility, 2.1 children per woman, but fertility is now going down very fast. No? So what is the consequences of having few children? No? I, I say that, that uh, societies tend to age. The next things that happens is that there, there tend to be more deaths than births. No? And this is already happening in the European Union in almost all the countries, except maybe France. And for native populations, not taking into account immigrants almost in all, and every year by more. In the, in the United States, uh, there is still more uh, births and deaths, but not for the whites anymore, and probably for the Asian Americans that have very, very low fertility as well. Uh, in terms of uh, the world, no? what is happening? The, the, the West is having a few, the, the weight, the demographic weight of the West in the world is smaller and smaller because 
we have a, our share of the total people is, is less and less every year. We have actually gone from being in, in 1950, uh, the United States, North America, United, United States plus Canada was 6.8% of the global, the world population. Now it's 4.7%, so it's around one third less. But Europe is, is more dramatic now because we have gone from being close to 22% of the population to less than 10%. So our weight is less than half. No? And in this century, if things continue as projected and demographic projections are relatively relatively uh, easy not to be too wrong, no? uh, short-term demographic projections are very accurate and longer term are not that accurate, but still typically they are not terribly wrong unless trends change a lot. So if trends don't change, the West, uh, if we call the West uh, Europe plus North America, there is of course some Australia, all parts, but if we call the West uh, Europe plus North America, Europe including Russia, we were 28% of, of mankind in 1950, and uh, 150 years later, we will, our, our, our uh, kids, our, our, our children now, or our grandchildren, will be just 8%, from, from 28 to 8%. So we will, our weight will be much less. No? In terms of, of geopolitics, no? there is, uh, in the past, uh, the West had a much more productivity per person than the rest of the world, and that meant that even if we were fewer people, uh, we multiplied our number by more productivity. And now, fortunately, almost all the countries in the world are developing, and that means that their productivity is raising. No? So, uh, when, as they have more productivity, the fact that they have more people will make that they have, will have more GDP. No? That's the reason why China already has more GDP in purchasing power parity than the United States. But the, the potential of China is having around four times the US GDP in maybe 20 to 25 years. Because if their productivity per person matches uh, the level of the United States, and there is no deep reason why they shouldn't get this goal, they, they have four times more people that can work. No? And the next superpower will be India. India will have even more population than, than China very soon. They already have more young people. So that means that uh, as they develop as well, they will have, they will catch up uh, probably China and even go beyond China. Now let's talk a little bit. I was uh, saying you uh, that the, we were changing. I mean, immigration was changing uh, the human landscape uh, in Europe and uh, also in the United States. However, the United States uh, is mostly, you have a lot of Hispanic immigration that uh, somehow is a little bit more uh, similar culturally to the uh, existing in mean, the melting pot you have been always a very united states has always been a very very uh, varied uh, diverse country no europe was more homogeneous no? what we are having now in europe is that around 20 percent of all babies in the european union come from non-european union mothers come from uh, other parts of the world typically from africa and asia and in the case of Muslim populations, we are having countries like France, where uh, no less than 25% of babies are from either first or second generation Muslim immigrants. In Germany, I have uh, my uh, uh, assessments, estimates, uh, say that they would be around 15%. In Austria, around 14%. In Spain, uh, around 10%. But in Spain, uh, 25 years ago, we had practically no 
Muslim immigration. It's a very, very sudden change. No? So uh, this is going to determine uh, the future of our countries. Uh, this kind of immigration, if we are not able to integrate properly uh, uh, history, past history and recent history show that there could be clashes. No? Uh, it's not 100% uh, sure what will happen, but this is what history tells us, that we should be very careful in managing uh, foreign immigration, in integrating it. And uh, because we will have a much more uh, varied and complex society. So, uh, in, the, in the slides, that why I was not able to show you, uh, because I, didn't, uh, I couldn't handle very well the, the Zoom uh, program for, for showing you, but uh, I, I gave to the Middle East Forum and, and they can share with you. And you will see, for instance, a, a village in Spain, a, a city, a city with 50,000 people, where more than 50% of kids now are from African mothers, typically Moroccan. So this is a, a, a telluric change, no? a total change. And this has uh, happened only in 25 years. So the, the, the landscape is changing and uh, it's, it's critical uh, that uh, we as a society are able to assimilate this because otherwise we, we may have uh, social clashes. No? Uh, what can be done, as I was saying, uh, going back to the, what we call demographic suicide, uh, that we have too few kids. No? What are the consequences of having too few kids? As I, as I said, uh, populations tend to shrink and age. No? And this is very negative for the economy. The economy, uh, with, uh, if you have fewer consumers and they are, uh, let's say, very old, you know, they're gonna uh, tend to consume uh, less. But this is the demand part of the economy. In the supply side of the economy, if your workforce is also shrinking and age, you're going to produce uh, less GDP. In terms of, uh, of public accounts, of public government expenditure, governments are gonna have to spend much more in, in old age pensions and, and healthcare for the elderly. But uh, the taxes, the tax revenue they, they will need for that is going to come from uh, a shrinking an age workforce, so, so they are also uh, in trouble. No? Uh, in terms of value of assets, assets uh, typically assets depend on, on, on uh, with a good demographics, with a growing economy, uh, the value of assets like houses uh, tend to uh, go up in price uh, long term. But if there are fewer people to buy houses, I mean, the, the, the value should go down. No? The, uh, the value of assets, depending on the of demography, should uh, try, tend to go down. And this is also very bad for wealth. There would be uh, other effects that are not economic. For instance, uh, people will have, there is much more loneliness now. There are many more people living alone now than in the past. In the United States, the, the percentage of people living alone has multiplied by more than two in 50 years. But in a country like mine in Spain, it's much worse. It, it has multiplied by six. Only 2% of Spaniards live alone uh, 50 years ago. Now it's more than, one, uh, than 11%. No? Then uh, you're going to have a democracy. It's going to become a kind of gerontocracy because uh, it, uh, the old voters, no? the retired voters, will be uh, by far the, the most important, the dominant group in any poll, so and their interest, it's logical, it's not their fault, is that the rest of the society transfers them wealth via taxes to pay for their pensions, for their healthcare, for their needs. No? But uh, this is something that is fair. We owe to our uh, to the elderly uh, to provide them help when they are old. 
but if uh, there is too much transfer of wealth from working people to the elderly, this is going to be very bad for, for the economy. And finally, uh, the other effect, as I mentioned before, is that the West as such, uh, the weight of the uh, West as such in the world is going down. We are uh, less and less relevant. This is especially clear for the case of Europe. The United States still is a much more dynamic country for its economy for many respects. It's a younger country. It's a country where a population still grows. But Europe is uh, rather stagnated. We are we used to be called the old continent. Now we are old continent because we are old. And I think, Stacey, with that, I will finish my part so we would go to Q&A. Wonderful, thank you. Is the decline in demographic rates accelerating? And if so, at what rate? It's accelerating in the sense that fertility rates have plunged in the past 10 years. Uh, for me, it's a surprise because I started to study this. I'm not a demographer, I'm, as you, mentioned I'm a business consultant and engineer, but I started to study this and I was astonished to the, to the uh, how important this was and why nobody cared about that. And then what happened in the last decade is that, uh, as I say, fertility rates, the number of children per woman has plunged uh, uh, to the extent that United States, for instance, is now at an all-time low. There are many countries that are at an all-time low and when things are at alone, if you are in the stock market and a stock is giving companies at an all-time low, that's a very bad sign. The opposite happens when you are at an all-time high. So it's accelerating. And I cannot tell you the future because nobody can tell for sure, but it, looks, it doesn't look very good. Thank you. How do you see the pro-birth measures in Hungary to get more children? Hungary is betting very hard on that because they're in a very, very bad situation. I mean, they started losing population in 1981, and since then they have a, a huge cumulative loss. And they're, they're really betting on, on this thing. Uh, I have some, uh, I think, uh, I mean, they, at the beginning they, they had some hike in, in births, but they're probably, I mean, th there is an issue here is that people think that we don't have enough kids because it's very expensive to raise kids. And this is true to a certain extent, but when societies were much poorer in the past, we had more kids. So the, the core uh, reason is not, ha not having enough money. Indeed, the fourth or five wealthiest countries in the world, that is like Luxembourg, like uh, Norway, like Ireland, uh, rich, wealthier in the terms of, of GDP per capita, Singapore, are also in their all-time lows. So uh, going back to Hungary, yes, I, I think it's very good that they're uh, doing these steps. I think they are not, they are maybe too focused on providing uh, monetary help. Another thing that is very important, they're too focused on, uh, they're just uh, providing incentives to women. And women are more important than men. They have, of course, you have much more a burden for having kids, but men have uh, also monetary burden, we should also contribute. And we are very important as well in deciding or not to have kids. So uh, maybe this is things that are, they are doing, they, they should do, uh, change a little bit the, the mindset, but, but again, it's, it's very important what they're trying to do. So what do you think is the main cause behind the lower fertility rates? I mean, the world has changed dramatically in the past 200 years. So there are a number of many things that have changed. But uh, the most important, uh, there is one thing that is not bad, is that uh, no kids die anymore, practically no kids, infant mortality is very low. 
So in the past, we needed many children because half or more than half uh, did not reach adulthood. No, they, they were they died before being adults. No? So now, unfortunately, almost no kid in a developed country dies. Very very few. No? So this is a good reason. No? But for the rest, we have changed the mindsets. No, we are uh, society uh, has changed in values because. Uh, it can be something related to, to money, but it's not related to money. I say the, the wealthiest countries in the world don't have kids either. And so it's it values. And what is values? No, values is, do we, have, uh, do we believe in God or not? Do we think that family is, is a very, very important thing uh, for a person? Or it's a maybe no? uh, for young people. Uh, many young people would like to have kids maybe in the future. No? In the past, it was not a maybe. It's one of the most important things that you could do when you are young is uh, get married and have kids. No? So this has changed completely. And it can be seen uh, people who are still more religious, no? either Jewish or Christian or Muslim. No? Uh, they, and in the uh, core values of these three religions, it was also having families with kids. They have more kids. No? For instance, I say that Haredim Jewish in Israel have like three times uh, what secular Jewish have. It happens in the United States, it happens everywhere. But the fact is that many, fewer, fewer people are religious now in the West, no? especially in Europe. And so this, this uh, has a relationship. Of course, now you women are working out of, I say out of home, no? because you also work at home. Uh, always you have work a lot, but this uh, again makes more difficult to have many kids. However, as I said, we don't need as many as in the past. No, uh, uh, women working out of home and having two or three kids is something that is possible. Maybe it's very difficult to have six or seven children and in the past, but it's not necessary because uh, no children die anymore. No? This, this uh, changes as well. And there are a lot of things, no? like we don't live anymore in the, in the past. Most of the people were farmers or lived in the countryside. And it's true that kids were perceived as manpower very uh, soon, no? when they grew maybe to 10 or 12 years old, and we don't live anymore in the countryside. So these kind of things have changed and have changed forever. Uh, but, but as I say, we don't need as many kids as in the past. So it's, it's a matter of values. And then there is finally a very bad thing is that governments don't care anymore. In the past, governments, governments perceived the, their population as a source of wealth, of power, of might for the countries. Sometimes this was not so good because it was with, let's say, imperialistic uh, objectives that we don't share anymore. But it's true that the might of a country is linked to its population. And governments in the past fostered birth rates in many countries for having a more powerful country. And now they don't care. Governments don't care if we have kids or not. Divorce, no? for instance, a family breakup. Family breakup has, has a tremendous impact in having fewer kids or, or more kids. No? Uh, for governments, they don't care if everybody divorces or if nobody, so uh, for instance, in Hungary, you know, they're trying to foster marriage and to try, I mean, people still can divorce, of course, in Hungary, but if fewer people divorce and more marry, uh, in principle, we will, we will have more kids. But governments nowadays don't care. No? So there are, as I say, many, many things uh, together but the main thing is what we would call values. No? Uh, values for the general population or also for elites. No? If elites are really worried about their countries, they should worry about uh, birth rates. Thank you. So 
along those lines, is your demographic concern a change with Western values or racial homogeny or, or the GDP in, in the economy? I mean, it's uh, my uh, concern is that uh, we are, uh, I mean, I was born in, as I say, in Asturias. No? When I was born there, it was more or less the same population as now, but there were four times more kids. No? So I live in a, in a young, I was a kid in a young society uh, with plenty full of life. No? So my concern is, is that we are dying. No? It's very sad that we are dying. I mean, we have been, and, and in a sense, we don't have to write that. We have inherited from past generations a kind of vibrant society. And we are going to uh, give to our kids, uh, leave to our kids a, a very old society. And if they continue like that, so this is my concern. I'm, I'm from the West. If I was from South Korea, I would be concerned as well. Then economics, of course, uh, matter. I mean, we're going to have more economic difficulties. But loneliness is, is even worse for many people. I mean, uh, and, and by the way, loneliness is also expensive you know, because you don't share expenses with other people at home. No? But uh, uh, I think if, if, if you care about your people, about your society, about, uh, I mean, you cannot see that it's disappearing. Uh, and you don't do anything, no? I think that's very sad, no? To see how we are becoming very old societies and nobody seems to care. Thank you. Has any Western industrial country successfully re reversed this trend in the past? And uh, is there any way that you see going forward that we could change this? I mean, France uh, almost got it. Uh, France was a pro-natalist uh, country until uh, after World War II, because they had uh, fought with a very, very uh, difficult enemy. That was Germany that had more people, had more population. So actually, their elites were pro-birds, and they are younger than the rest of the West right now. But it's not enough what they have done. I said Israel. Israel, again, is, is, is a very, very unique country in the world. I mean, there's no country like Israel. Always, of course, also with the threat of, of the neighbors, no? That also maybe helps to think of what is important in life and family and the future of the country needs, needs more people, no? And for the rest, uh, some countries, as I said, were a little bit better off, like the United States, but it's not anymore. So I don't see, uh, there is no example of country that has really uh, reversed this trend. However, I don't think any country has done what is necessary. For instance, this that I mentioned before about family breakup or family stability. No? Countries don't, don't seem to care. Now, there are many countries that are providing uh, monetary benefits no? for parents, no? but they don't care if they uh, are married, if they keep together or not. Abortion. No? Abortion is something that uh, many countries are, it's in my country, in Spain, is, is free. I mean, you don't have to pay for it. I mean, it's, it's uh, legal. And uh, it's not the same that uh, if countries uh, uh, don't, uh, governments don't say that abortion is something that uh, you don't care if you do it, that if they pay for it or it's forbidden. I mean, there, there are all kinds of range of things. But, but in Sweden, for instance, Sweden made an effort and they got some results. Now they're going down again in infertility rates. But at the same time, abortion rates are very, very high. No? And uh, with that, it's, it's hard to uh, get more births if you have a lot of abortions. No? Yes, well, unfortunately, we're coming close to the end of our webinar. Could you give us um, some more resources that we could use to look into this further on our own? <laughs> well, I, I wrote a couple of books about that. One is called 
demographic suicide in the West and how they work. You can, it can be bought in Amazon. I, I sent a presentation with uh, the slides I was unable to, to show on the on display, and but you can share with uh, all the viewers. And uh, I suggest that uh, people uh, read about that, uh, uh, do some research, but in a sense, it's not necessary to understand that if we have not don't have enough kids, we cannot go uh, well. It's it's a society that doesn't have enough kids. It's not sustainable. Right. Well, thank you so much. Unfortunately, we've come to the close of our webinar. Thank you again, Mr. Macaron, for speaking with thank us. Thank you, Stacey. Thank you. As a reminder, Israel Insider with Ashley Perry will be taking a one-week hiatus, but we will be back the following Wednesday. And please join us Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern for our webinar, The Kurds, What Does the Future Hold? with Dilaman Abdul Qadir. Thank you all for joining us, and I hope you have a wonderful day.